Welcome to the Muso Church Podcast. Here, we share the powerful and practical gospel of Jesus Christ until everyone is free and flourishing. We're so excited that you're here. Wherever you're listening from, we are trusting and believing that God is going to touch your life through this podcast. then have to greet you guys on behalf of Muruti. I know he doesn't like that much. He's like, hey, I'm my own person. I can talk. But today, standing here, oh, to those of you that don't know me, hi, Gitato. And I have, yo, I'm blessed to be married to Muruti Koketo, the leader of this church, whom we all love so much and submit to, because we know that there's a call of God that we need to honor there. Amen. So I greet you guys because he is not here. Literally yesterday I said my goodbyes. He is away traveling for a while. For a while. Pray for me, saints. I'm alone for a while. (laughs) Support me there. But he's away for a week ago, but it feels like forever to me. And he trusted me this morning to stand in front of you guys and talk. So I really hope I'm going to keep this tone of voice and we just keep it here. But guys, I'm not promising anything. And he sends his love and regard, saying that I know that you guys are going to be okay. I know you guys are going to be okay. So we will see him next week, and the week after that, he will continue with Galatians as he spoke. Amen. Well, mine is pretty easy this morning, or not so easy. Because what do you say to a group of people after they have heard about the Jesus journey? The reason I bring this up is because it has changed how I personally read the Bible. To those of you that are here for the very first time, the Jesus Journey is the series we were just on. Literally for eight weeks, we were speaking about the same topic. And the topic is pretty simple. We were speaking about Jesus in the Bible. Sounds ironic. Yes, you are a church. You're supposed to be talking about Jesus, but no. We were talking about how every prominent character in the Bible, your Daniels, your Josephs, your etc., literally point to something about Christ, or they teach us a principle that we need to know about of Christ, right? Either a shadow or an actual pointing to Jesus. And this morning when I, not even this morning, Muruti gave me enough time to pray. Until right now, I'm still like, Lord, are you sure this is where we're going? Like, you were going there. Are you sure this is what we are saying this morning? And yes. This is where we are. Before I start, I want to ask everyone in the room to think about something. There's that sensation I was talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. So, apparently, I need to do that. Much better. So, did anyone wake up this morning, look in the mirror, and then doubt what the mirror was saying? Okay, it's not a rhetorical question. You can tell the person next to you or you can answer out loud. (laughs) Is there anyone here that that literally looks at their reflection and then they doubt what they see? Those of you not responding... (laughs) Guys, I've tried it. I've tried the whole, I know what I looked like yesterday, so this morning I'm going to get in the shower, get out and run. I'll pet what I pet and do it on the, on the go. Do you know what happens half the time? Someone is going to stop me during my day and go like, oh no, you missed a spot. Right? Because I did not take the time to look in the mirror. 
Better yet, I thought I knew what I saw, and I relied on that. But ladies, you know, someone is gonna fix you up because you're a little crooked, you slept on that side, you fled, like someone is gonna fix you. Church of God, don't we do that with the word? Let's read the Bible to give context to what I'm saying. If we start at James 1, verses 23, so there's gonna be a lot of scriptural reference today. Please jot them down and then you read through them and then on Wednesday we speak about it, right? So I'm gonna go through a lot of scriptures just so that this is not title word, it's the word washing us and telling us who we are, right? James 1, verses 23 says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, like is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, we just sang it more in what we read, right? Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. As the word of God is saying that to us, that if we look at the word and immediately go away and forget what we did, like what we read, it's for nothing. And if in the physical we can trust the mirror to tell us who we are, why are we not applying the same to the word of God? Why are we continuously reading about what he says about us, but three seconds later we act out of character as if you just did not see yourself? Can I maybe take a guess why? Because the word is too spiritual. We have taken the word of God and we deal with it as if it's this physical thing that represents everything that should happen in the spirit. But church of God are equally. Let's just deal with that quickly. Muruti and I always say, your coming here is because we wanna see you grow. Not grow in your spirit alone, but that your soul and body prospers as your soul does as your spirit does. Which then takes me to the next verse that I want us to read. Actually, the parallels that I actually want us to draw as quickly as possible because I'm not gonna spend time here. If we look at Genesis 1, not even 1, the whole book of Genesis, we see creation as it happened, the fall, we see the signs that tell us about the redemption, and then sanctification. This was a weird one when we put it up, but this is where my, my attention has been the whole time. Because I'm like, creation is not mine to do. God already did that. The fall is where I start. I am born already a sinner. Then after that, redemption is Christ's gift to me. This is something that happens the day I say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and that's it. It's happened. I'm now redeemed. I have been taken out of the fallen state, and now I am in Christ, live through him, and grow from there. The beautiful part that I want us today to zoom into is sanctification, guys. Something we no longer want to do these days because all we want is the quick fixes and out of God's presence. But he's concerned about so much more. He's concerned about so much more regarding our lives. And that's why when you go through the Jesus series, it's not about someone else and how you're going to teach the word. It's about how you are engaging the Bible. It's about how you are growing in your faith. And it's about how you are walking to be seen as one that's faithful. Not the group. 
We come like this for the faith experience. We come like this to literally, your testimony gives me what? Hope that God will do it for who? For me. So don't take the Jesus series and now separate yourself from salvation that you will be accountable for one day. We are not gonna share a crown as Muso Church. I am gonna get my own crown. You are gonna get your own crown. You are. It is an individual journey that God has personalized to you. So when I say Genesis shows us all of those things, the other thing that it shows us is the state of a soul, a spirit, and a body. Because let's just draw these parallel quickly. Adam and Eve shows us and introduced that the spirit fell into sin. Right? Genesis 3 verse 6, but we also see it in Romans. Remember how Murudi spoke about concepts that come together, Old Testament, New Testament? The woman then took the fruit and then we fell into sin. But Romans also tells us that just as one fell into sin, so the whole creation fell into it as well. So our spirit, the actual part of us that God was engaging with in the garden with Adam and Eve, fell into sin. We for the, like even Adam for the first time felt what it was like to be distant from God. Not because God did not come to the garden, but because their spirit was now exposed to sin. Then secondly, immediately thereafter, Cain and Abel happen. What happens there is that we see what happens when your spirit is now exposed to sin, but now your soul responds to that. The reason I say this is because God takes the time to ask Cain, why are you angry? If you do right, will your blessing, will your offering not be accepted? Guys, are you... Literally, God says, your spirit has now fallen, go out of the garden. Adam and Eve have children, and their first descendants are not born in righteous state. They are born exactly where God says, where he says, every man will now be born in a sinful state. And Cain immediately acts out of that. He does not wait six, seven generations down the line. Immediately, after I am born, grow, 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 I'm told about a God, I'm told to offer to him and worship him, but the state of my soul, my heart, my emotions, my anger, causes me to sin against this God. This is literally just after the spirit was fallen. Your soul comes into play. Then what happens after that? Generations into generations, they sin against God, they call on him, but they sin again. Then know what happens. And what does God do? He wipes out all the physical bodies that were on earth. Is that not the pattern? That if my spirit is in sin, my soul will quickly follow, and therefore my body will experience the same. So this morning, that is why when I speak about sanctification, I want to speak to us about a whole salvation. Guys, salvation is not a one-sided, I just got saved. There is wholeness in it. It actually touches every aspect of you. It touches your spirit, it touches your soul, and it touches your body. But as a church, what we have done is that we read the Bible and then we just keep it to the spiritual because it's more comfortable there. What we do is that we read that book and we say, okay, this is what the Word of, this is what the word of God is saying. The Holy Spirit led me here, so let me train my body to obey it, becoming religious. If we actually leave this part that is the soul, we become religious Pharisees. Because all we are doing is taking the concepts and trying so hard to bend our bodies to make it do what it's supposed to. 
by never allowing God to work on our souls. Mzalwana, I started by asking you, when you look at the mirror, you don't argue with it. Then why are your emotions arguing with the mirror that is the word of God? I did say I'm going to keep this tone, right? Like, sila today. That is a valid question to ask, to say, when you read the word of God and it says, you should bring your tithes and offerings to the house, why are you, your will, your muscle, your choice that he's given you, arguing with God about that? Then we must come and motivate. Go expose your soul to the word. And not because I'm being otherwise, but because that's the, that's the journey we are on, on a daily, where we look at the word and we're like, Lord, let this that which my spirit takes filter through my soul into my body. Guys, it does not work the other way around. You don't skip this part because when you do, you will find yourself doing what the body wants to do. And what does Paul say that is sin? He tells us that the good that I want to do, I do not do, but the evil that I want... I'm right there. Why is that? There's a whole thing here in the middle that the Lord himself wants to sanctify. He wants to work on this man and make it what the spirit is. Just as the spirit is. There's someone here that's like, let's go to the Bible and let me show you what I mean. First Thessalonians 5 verses 23. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit, your soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. What this clearly shows us in the Bible is, is that it's not a one phase, there's a body. Guys, and here's the other thing. The Lord did not waste time being specific about his wording in the Bible. If he wanted to just sanctify your spirit, he would have said, and your spirit be kept, kept, be kept sanctified. There is a reason it's broken down. That there is a spirit, there is a soul, and there is a body. That is not automatically going to be kept sanctified. But it is something that we need to pray for and engage until the coming of the Lord. So it doesn't happen once off that here I am, accept Christ, sanctified, and then until Jesus comes, I'm fine. No. When this letter was being written, he was talking to a church that was literally going through every kind of trial around them. But he did not tell them about let your situation get better. No. He was like, let your spirit, which already knows the truth about Christ, stay sanctified. Let your soul and your body stay blameless. Not stay subject to what's happening around you. And then all of a sudden I'm giving into that. Uh -uh. Keep it blameless until the Lord comes. Guys, you know the nice thing about this one is, I realize that this is a very personal thing to hear. Because God wants to confront the things that you are ashamed about. Because God is asking to get into the places where there are certain people that after they get saved, when the Lord starts dealing with those things, those ones, you shy away because you're like, ah, I'm not too saved. This thing, I still desire it. This thing, I still want it. No. 
That's exactly what sanctification is. That's when he exposes a light upon something that was in the dark so that it knows more of what it should be as in the spirit. So if you are sitting here and guilt is falling upon you, that's the devil's tactic. He wants us feeling guilty about how God wants us to be. He wants us feeling guilty about the things that God is saying, but fix this. After 10 years, I'm still fixing this. Yes, because sanctification is but a work that we do all the time. That is why this blood still has power until today. That's why it doesn't have power just the day you are saved, but it has power every single day. So that every part of you that needs to be changed, that, that part of you that goes like, wait, the word of God says this, so my spirit has heard something from God. Your soul then goes like, I am not in the state where I'm supposed to be. That does not mean I'm fallen. That does not mean I trust God any less. That does not mean I did not fast enough. That means God is busy sanctifying me to make me blameless on the day when Jesus comes back. See, there's beauty in understanding that my Christianity is something I'm going to work on until. There is beauty in knowing that I can be gracious with myself because God is still busy. This does not mean I'm busy living how I want, when I want. It means I am busy as in a mirror, letting my spirit hear what God says. Then letting this translate to my soul. And translate comes with a meditation. It comes with a sitting with the word of God, uncomfortable as it is. This morning, Sia did something amazing. Literally, the team was sitting here and he's like, guys, let's not get busy with other things. Can we just read the word of God? There was my amen. That yes, Tato, I want you to talk about that uncomfortable thing of how they hear it, but they don't want to sit with it. We are very quick to take the revelations we took and go share it with our BFFs. The revelation has not worked in you yet. I am not even trying to get personal. I said I'm here today. Sila. Sila. Because I am so concerned about our souls. That's where the growth is at. That is where you are going to look at yourself six months from now and go like, I'm a different person. And guys, disclaimer. When this sentence came about, I'm like, Jesus, are you still sure I'm going to be saved after I say it? This thing of ours, of we get saved. But we don't get saved to God, Jesus, and his word. But we get saved to a set of rules that need to change our body. Stop. Not the next person. You, you even take it a notch up and then you judge someone else next to you. Stop. Let's start with you. There are some of us that the Lord will deal with anger first before he deals with my drinking habits. Because he knows that the anger is what triggers the drinking. We come here smelling our way or smelling with our alcohol. You judge us. But God wants to deal with my anger so that I am delivered. He didn't die for us to group work. Leave my salvation to be my personal. <laughs> Having said that, the flip side of that is that you then don't do what you want when you want. He says, confess your sins to one another. So there is accountability amongst each other. But it does not come at a, you know best and what must start in my life. You come with your, 
Mokhotzi, don't you think? Then you leave it there. Because the judging is really left up to the Lord, is it not? So when I say to you sanctification, he knows where he's going to start. Speak properly. The Lord knows where he's going to start. Because he's the one that was there with me from day one. When my ideas were being formed, when my reactions to the world were being formed, he knows the very parts of my soul that need work in order for my body to follow suit. But what we have made salvation to be is I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I shall start engaging these set of rules. I shall start devoting every day. I sh- if that devotion does not come from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit teaching you what salvation is in the first place, you are busy with religion. What I mean by that is that a church needs to disciple people. When you come here to church and your friend gets saved, God brought them on that day with you to disciple. Here's what I mean. The seed of salvation is planted a very long time ago. But it so happened that the day that they came with you, they got saved. Are you busy discipling your friends? Musa will provide the four classes and tell them, Hore, salvation is this. Being baptized by the Spirit is this. Then we are done. Well, we shouldn't be, God forgive us. But that's how far we can mess, take people through, product, through discipleship. The rest of the nitty gritties are left to you who's next to them to go like, what is God saying about this? What is God say? Not because you're imposing your salvation, but you are showing them the truth of God. Let's go back to the word. When I'm speaking about this, let's go back to the body. Tracking, tracking back. We just said that God must keep your body, spirit, and soul blameless. The body, we are talking about that physical matter that's sitting on the chair, right? So, the gospel that we don't like, that we are supposed to be holy in our bodies, where salvation does its work so much in us that we leave the stuff of this world, and the body, the body gets holy. Amen? Just passing there. Then the second part is my favorite part, the soul, the one we are talking about today. Guys, the soul is made up of a couple of things. It's not just the one full thing. And this needs to be saved as well. If you forget anything today, just remember one thing. The Lord wants my soul to be saved as well. The reason I put the as well is because the spirit is not up to us. Right after we confess with our mouths the lordship of Christ and accept him, the spirit is done. But what we do is us, we want to be busy there by the Spirit when there's actually no work to be done. Guys, let me just finish the Spirit. I'll come back to the soul. It's in the Bible. I don't have to say it. John 3, verses 6. What does it say? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to who formed us in his likeness. And what is he? Are we done? Is that a fair enough parallel? Does everybody follow why I'm saying what I'm saying? The day I confess him as my Lord and Savior, 
I take upon myself who he is, and I say, my spirit recognizes you to be Lord, accept. Spirit is done. The fullness of Christ, his purity, his authority, rests upon me. What other work do you want to do there? If Christ in his fullness becomes the atonement for you and you are now raised with him in heavenly places, what other work in your spirit do you still want to do? There are people that have soul ties. I spoke about Cain. Because of his parents' sin, he reacted in sin. I'm not saying those things don't exist. I'm saying God deals with them instantaneously when you get saved. The work that is left to be done is in the soul. But he's busy playing this trick, Yoguti. Do something here. He's doing exactly what he did with Eve. Where there's a truth in front of us and he's just... So can we just fix it? But Lord, thank you for my spirit, which is saved, which is as pure, as mature, as holy as Christ is, the day I accepted you. Now, help me work on my soul. Help me call a spade a spade so that I can break these weapons that the evil one is trying to Someone who has a soul tie, they're not less saved when God then says, your soul needs to be restored of this. It doesn't mean the spirit is in fault. It doesn't mean the spirit is less powerful. It does not mean that person is not sanctified as they should be. It's the soul that's being worked on. Can you, that distinction needs to be as clear as possible because your soul is made up of your mind so some of the patterns that you've been thinking according to since you were three, and some of them you developed them because you were in defense to your surroundings. That is where God wants to work. Not because your spirit is in error, guys. Because there are certain things that, is formed, that are formed in our minds that are not biblical, that are not of God, but it has worked for you for 26 years. So it's very difficult to let that go. I get that. But that is where God wants you changing. That is where God wants you growing. Not in the part that's complete and like him. Not the spirit. Give it. Your soul is also made up of your emotions. Ladies, I heard a sermon about the soul and they were like, when we wake up in the morning and we are angry, that's not of God. It dealt with me, guys. I don't wake up until I've had coffee. If you know me, you know that I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm using every fiber of me to wake up until I just have coffee. I had to ask myself, what emotion is so deep that it keeps me so... You got it, you, you got it. Those that have wives know. Do you get that? There's a level of what is going on in your mind, in your heart, that keeps you so seer, man. I'm talking to myself, guys, so I can say some of the... The morning one dealt with me because I'm like, Lord, that means there's something in me that's not yet dealt with. If I need to switch on in order to, you know, if I have to smell these beans in order to... What in my mind 
what in my heart is so unsettled that it has to be like that in the morning? Then the funniest thing happened. Our nanny had to go home last, it's been three weeks, guys. Oh, it's been three weeks. And now I had to wake up in the morning to bath Mali. And I'm like, Lord, how is this going to work out? Because when I wake up to a three-year-old, she cannot for the life of her have to deal with a cranky mom because I have not had my coffee. That means I have to wake up half past six, get my coffee in, and then start getting her ready. Last week, the last two days, I tried something new. It's like, I'm going to get to my child's bed, kiss her, be affectionate, so I'm a touch her off note. Get my dose of love. And let's see how I'll feel after that. Guys, you won't believe I'm a morning person. Yay! Even in me. Two days straight. I promise, guys, this is a world-renowned secret for me. I never knew that I could be okay without coffee. Just because my thinking was dealt with. It sounds so small to someone that can just wake up. If you're a morning person, you know nothing about what I'm talking about. If you're not, you know exactly where I'm at. I woke up for two days, Thursday and Friday. Hug Mali, baby, let's wake up. How were you? And she actually reciprocated the energy. She legit went, Mommy, I slept well. But I'm she started talking, and I got it. For me, guys, that was a miracle of note. Why? Something in my head, something in my heart was dealt with. Amen. I don't stand here and doubt my salvation because of that. Instead, I thank God that he's busy sanctifying me. Mali will not wake up tomorrow and say, oh, when I'm you are nice there by church, but there at home I know you are not happy in the morning. <laughs> Do you get it? The smallest of things that we want to leave to chance, the Lord wants to work on. Because your mind is part of your soul. Your emotions, that ecosystem that makes you go to that girl you're not supposed to. Those feelings of, I want it, though I know I shouldn't do it. God wants to deal with those. Moreover, there's your will. God is never going to rob us of choice. But he wants you to choose him. He wants you to get to a place where you know his truth so well about who you are, that you will choose him in your sleep. You will choose him as that text comes in, word delete. Guys, we, we use iPhones and Androids. There's that option. If you scroll far enough, it deletes, even before you open it. He wants you choosing him from your will. Otherwise, he would have made us robots that just respond to him and don't have any other option. Instead, he wants to know that you had the choice to choose anything else. But in your will, in who you are, you chose him. But lastly, there's your consciousness that makes up your soul. I love this part because it's the part that we really don't let get saved. I'm on camera, I said I'm gonna choose properly the one I use as an example. So let me think about it some more. Is that picture up? I'm gonna leave the consciousness because I'm speaking about your worldview. 
I'm speaking about certain, I think three for two for two, those of you that were there this past week, it, it wrecked a lot of our brains right at the end, right as we were logging off, Busizwani, Mike group comes up, they come up with this nice question. So are you saying that even the oppressors will make it to heaven? And Murudi's response was, yeah. If they confess God as their Lord and Savior, and they choose him, why not? How many things are so painful, so wrong, that your consciousness, your aware of self, nullifies what God says? How many things that are really so deeply embedded in us, guys, we don't expose to the truth of God? Just because, no, this is true for me. This is where my truth, your truth, our truth, true truth comes from. And as a church, we are highly to blame for it. Because for a very long time, we have left the truth of God to be optional. Guys, Lizwi is not if I feel like it. Me. It's not the parts I like. It's all of it. And that's why I want to leave it. Because I'm like, God, that's where we're now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You want to be busy. But we've closed it off. We are okay. With my soul, my spirit is saved. My body is doing Sunday. Check, register, give, turn rent. Love my neighbor. Hi, neighbor. You look smelling nice. Done. Okay. We are happy there. The consciousness of Guyagabatala, once in a while. Not every day, just when Jesus needs help. Yeah, no, no, we, we, we're Christian in here. We go there optionally, just when there's that special occasion. What does God say about being a jealous God? Is that optional as well? The salvation of the soul is as personal as it gets because it's not someone else's soul. He's going to confront you with you. And child of God, this week, don't doubt your salvation. Or better yet, get saved. You can confess him again and then... Because there are some people that are sitting here and they are starting to doubt already. Wow. So I, you are saved. But the confrontation of the soot that's sitting in your spirit, in your soul, is okay. Confronting those dark, not just their behaviors. I'm not even, guys, I'm not even going to talk about behaviors. Because you know what those are? Reactions of the state of heart. Reactions of the state of mind. Reactions of the state of consciousness. And it's not my preference to go there or be in that circle. Murimu Batla in there. Converting those people, but when are you will not go. I get it's comfortable for you. This gentleman means I need to wrap up. <laughs> There's something strange about this. You're catching it, right? I'm not looking crazy. The body is the body. The soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, ladies, emotions, Christ wants them, and your consciousness, right? But your spirit is the funny one. 
It's the one that I cannot touch or feel. It's the one that I cannot tell its state by just looking at you like this. And it is the part that God has reserved for himself. What I mean by this is that there's a scripture that tells us that the minute we confess God and the spirit that says Abba then abides in us. When I speak about a spirit that does not need work, let me actually read the scripture because, yeah. It's Galatians 4, verses 1 to 6. What I am saying is that as long as an heir (laughs) is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardianship and trustees until the time set by his father. So also... When we were underage, we were in slavery under the elementary spiritual forces of the world past. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of the Son, into your hearts, the Spirit that calls out. Here's what I'm trying to draw. When I was talking to you guys about your spirit being in perfect state, that's because it's the one that knows God for himself. It, it has already accepted Christ, right? It has already professed him as Lord. So it is the part of you that knows truth as truth. It is the part of you that will not debate whether something is right or wrong. Because it is the spirit that calls out Abba. Can you see why we are playing in the wrong playing field? I'm getting like that because I'm like, have we not been dealing with, get the spirit out. We're supposed to be saying, emotions get in line. Will, you are not. The spirit is intact. The spirit already calls unto Abba. And because Christ's spirit is the one that is in us, it is the one that is blameless. It is the one that is in right standing. It is the one that needs nothing else. For it is already one that calls out to Abba. So that picture again, please, as we go back here, Sila, Sila. This is the one part of you, the spirit, the blue one is the spirit that God reserves unto himself. And the reason I say this is because truth kept pure is truth that can affect a change. If you are still debating a truth, that thing will not change you. That thing will not transform you. So the spirit stays as the part that hears from God, recognizes the word of God, accepts the power that is of God. And what is the responsibility then? It is to then be the channel that shows the soul and then the body who we are. Not the other way around. Just because you read a physical Bible does not mean your physical body is the one that's going to change your soul. Instead, it is a spirit that already knows God. A spirit that already says, Abba. 
that will tell you this emotion, not the one. This decision, not the one. This. So when the soul is in turmoil, we do not look at the physical body for help. We look to the spiritual that knows the truth. We look at the word which is the mirror that shows us the spirit and its state. Because the only place that will tell you all truth is the word of God. God is not going to today say anything that's going to contradict his word. So every time I need a confirmation of anything that is happening in my mind, in my soul, it, I look to the word. I look to the spirit that brings the truth. See, from our spirit flows all life, if we would let it. If we were not so busy trying to recreate a spirit that is already okay, we would let life flow out of it. If we were not trying to micromanage this Christian thing, these goosebumps, we would let them change us on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Instead, we are boxing it, we are keeping it for a Sunday, we come here and be holy, holy, good for you. It's that spirit that says, Abba, that allows you to, work, to enjoy worship on a Sunday. Why not let it change you even on a Monday when you're busy doing the wrong decision? It's the same spirit at play when we are here and we feel his presence on a Sunday, charging and going like, yes, my brothers and sisters, recognize that Abba is in this place. On a Wednesday, how's about it helps you manage that last What we do is that if this guy in the middle had a valve, we let the body tell the spirit instead of letting the spirit tell everything else. See, what God is not going to do is leave your spirit in a shattered state and expect your body to change. He's not going to jump and go and fix that. Ah, he wants to deal with this. That's why he's fixing how you read the Bible. That's why he's letting you be exposed to something like the Jesus journey. So that when you read him, you see the true you. Church of God, I think I'll stop there. Just in time. My point is pretty simple. We were not given a half salvation that needs work. We were not given a half-cooked story. Your spirit, which calls out Abba, allow the truth of God to touch those places we know nothing about. Allow the truth of God to change your will. Allow the truth of God to heal your emotions. Allow the truth of God to change your consciousness. Guys, we have a new value system as Christians. We have new attitudes that we need to be embodying. But because we are holding on to what we know, we will never express the ones of the kingdom. The fruits of the Spirit are not a nice to have and nice to read. It's who you are now. Or at least who you should be aspiring to be. But you're too comfortable being a tato and everybody must accept tato for who she is. 
Well, at least God doesn't want you to be like that. He doesn't want your spirit seated in the heavenly rhythm, but your soul experiences hell here on earth. Because that's exactly what's happening. We are seated with him, but our daily experience, our daily thinking, feeling, doing, There's a verse I love that I'm going to close with. It says that as your soul prospers, guys, full stop. A lot of other things can prosper, but my soul, my soul. Guys, that's where the discipline to become the billionaire will come from. That's where the discipline to be a good wife will come from. That's where every single thing pertaining to all the others that I want comes from. If my soul, my soul, and I'm not, if you are fine with yours, I'm crying for mine. Where I'm like, Lord, never be done with the work of just saving my soul. Never be done with just showing me another glory to what my soul should look like. The fullness of who you are I have in my spirit, but let my soul be aware of this. Let my soul experience this here on earth. Before I go and sing glory, glory in heaven, here on earth, shall I experience the fullness of a soul that has worked on man. Because the power of salvation is not just in getting us to eternity, but it's that we live that thing here. Drawing all other men unto him. Because we are living lives that are worthy of it. So today as we go home, today after you have learned everything else, be ready to be confronted with where you are not okay. Be ready, guys, there are some of us that are not teachable, where you are so set in your way that God can never change that about you. Today he's saying, let me in. That verse about knocking, it's not just about salvation, even where I want to change you, I'm still knocking. You are busy fighting a generational what, what, what. Deal with what God is saying first. I always say that to you. If you feel like God is not talking, what was the last thing he said? Because he's probably not done there, but you're running ahead of him. He's probably just dealing with anger because he's like, this thing is eating up your whole life. <laughs> Let's just deal with this. We'll sort out the rest. Allow your soul to be confronted by the truth of God. Allow your soul to be changed by what the Spirit of God already knows. And I say already knows because isn't it funny that when you do open the Word, then you, you get that one that deals with exactly what you have. Because the Spirit already cries, Abba. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have confessed Him as Lord over your life, your Spirit already cries out, Abba. Leave the spirit winning, the spirit to God. Do what you can do, and that is manage you and your emotions, your will. Do that part. Watch God change everything else because you are allowing him into your soul. Guys, our souls need saving. Our souls need saving, not because we need the saving of God. If I went where I wanted to go, I think half of you would be thinking I'm speaking in tongues because I was going deep, so too. 
Our souls need salvation. And I don't want people leaving this place and doubting their, am I in right standing with God? No. The devil wants to play that trick. Were you now thinking, was she saying, I'm not saved or I am saved? If you have confessed him as your Lord and Savior, the blood that saved you then is still active to save you even today. So that is done and settled. Now let the gospel do what it's supposed to in your soul. We can't be half-baked Christians that walk around and have opinions, but we don't have the, what, the Holy Spirit working in us. In us. Guys, not in saving. In us. So that like the disciples, when we show up to fight wars, they don't say, you, we don't know. Because you look nothing like what you're supposed to. Let it first work in you. Then in you. Then it... Will God not draw all men unto himself as that happens? Will we not be the people that draw his people back to him? And not just him, but the true him. Let's stand on our feet. going to open our own mouths and ask God to save our souls. Not because, guys, we are not saved, but because we realize that the plane we should be fighting, the place where we should be engaging, is where he says, you have the choice of where the valve goes. Are you going to accept what my spirit says about you and you let that filter through? Or are you listening to what your body is busy saying? And you, today I want each of us to open our mouths and go like, Lord, here I am. Surrendering a heart, a mind, a will to what you say about me. This is not something I can stand here and pray over everybody. But the confession of your mouth, your conscious decision to allow God into that space. Guys, in this week when you get confronted, you remember that I am the one that said, Lord, help me. Because he's going to show you those places and that does not mean you are less of a Christian, but it means you are one that is in need of saving in your soul. So let's just all pray. Father God, thank you so much that we can just love you like this. Lord, thank you for my soul that you are saving, that Lord, I am going to be sanctified day in, day out as I allow you, Heavenly Father, to do only that which you do. Lord, we honor you and we bless you as a good God that you are. Thank you that Mudumwaka, all that we are. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that this message has been a blessing to you. Why not be a blessing to someone else by sharing this message with them? Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye and God bless.